Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. I'm Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. Back from our trip to Israel, and I'd just like to share a few of my reflections from it, but it's good to be home. And also, I've uh, caught a little cold in the travel, the, probably the long flight uh, back home, uh, dry air. So I hope I'm uh, <clears throat> able to uh, get through here without coughing on you too much. But anyway, so glad to be back with you. I know so many of you are here regularly, and I've missed you guys and missed reading the chats and missed seeing you online, and so I'm happy to be here again today. God bless you. I thought I would just share this morning some of my reflections from our trip, and I'll be honest up front, my hope here is some of you might be encouraged and motivated to want to join us as we go there again next year. Now, I do realize a trip like this is a, it's a big commitment, costs money, takes some time, but it, it really is a life-changing experience to go to Israel. <clears throat> Early in the trip, I told our people that I, I was challenged years ago to read great books, meet great people, and go to great places. You can't go to a greater place than Israel. The greatest person who's ever walked this earth is Jesus Christ. And to go where he went and to see where he lived and to allow the scriptures, I hate to say it makes the scriptures come alive because the scriptures are already alive. So what I say is a trip like this allows the scriptures to go from um, black and white TV, maybe to a 4K experience or a IMAX experience in a theater. It makes it become more vivid, more you, you see things in Scripture that you didn't see before. For instance, our last day we visited a place known as Nazareth Village, which a lot of our people really thought was, uh, they really enjoyed. It was a reenactment in, in Nazareth of what the first century village of Jesus would have looked like. They built this village using first century techniques. Their clothing is using first century uh, weaving techniques. Their instruments, first century during the time of Christ. And it's right there in Nazareth where, interestingly, there was, this, there was found a vineyard and a place to make turn the, the grapes into wine and to store it, a vat, and even a watchtower to, to, that was built to, to defend or to see over and protect the vineyard. You had to wonder, was this what Jesus had in mind when he told the parable of the vineyard with the man who built the watchtower and had the vineyard? Exact same description. May or may not be, but this was right where Jesus grew up. This was right in Nazareth. Archaeologically, they have discovered, this, uh, this is not a rebuild here, this is an archaeological discovery of this vineyard, this watchtower, and so forth. And you had to wonder, did Jesus ever work here? Did he ever maybe help stomp the grapes there, turn it into wine? Or did he just walk by it on the way to uh, each day? Did he see it as a child? Who knows? But it's quite interesting to think these things, to go to the place where Jesus was, to stand on the steps that led to the temple. As we stood there and we studied about the life of Jesus and, and what he would have said, the messages he would have given on the southern steps, particularly as he would have taught as a 12-year-old boy there, remember when he was left behind? This was probably the very spot where he was speaking in the temple, it said. But also, 
maybe reprove the Pharisees, because as you're standing there talking on the southern steps, and remember Jesus said you're like whitewashed sepulchers and and uh, filled with dead men's bones, and all you do is look to your right, and there's the Mount of Olives, where a 3,000-year-old cemetery with now about 150,000 people buried on the Mount of Olives, but not obviously not that many in that day, but there were the white sepulchers right there, right within sight. Makes Scripture just, again, go to a 4K experience. There are so many things that we uh, enjoyed about our trip as we saw, saw the Scripture, as we visited the city of David, the place where David was before the, the Temple Mount, purchasing the Temple Mount, remember? And even as we stood overlooking the city of of uh, Jerusalem, from right about the spot that when Abraham was approaching, when he had to sacrifice Isaac, and as he was approaching Mount Moriah, and he could see it in a distance with the valley in between, and said, "You, the, the rest, you stay here, and the son and I, my son and I, will go there and worship." Wow, to stand there and see Jerusalem from that location. Now, remember, Jerusalem at that time wasn't even really a city. It did not have a temple on it, no temple mount, no no Islamic Dome of the Rock at the time. But to stand there and look at where he was when he said that and the walk they would have taken down through the valley and up onto Mount Moriah, which is also right the spot, right nearby, where Jesus was crucified. There's so many things that when you see this with your own eyes and you put together the geography, it makes the Scripture, as some of the people are saying, it's really true. These aren't just stories. This is something that sets our religion apart from others. And a lot of us, it's easy, even though we read the Bible and we know it's true, it's so easy to, to not recognize how true it is. The stories of the Bible really took place in real history. And when you go to the spots where it happened, suddenly you, you realize our faith is not just fairy tales. You know that, but at a deeper level. And so many people on our trip said, wow, these places really exist. The, sto- the places you read about in the Bible, they're really there. And so we were so excited to be part of that. It's important to know the roots of our faith. As I've shared before, when I came to Christ in in the early 1970s, and it was a new thing happening, there was a revival going on. And it was almost easy to think that because it was a new and fresh thing, to not know and appreciate the length of our, or the, the, the great Christian heritage we have. And throughout the years, I've tried to study some of the great people who went before us, some of the great uh, Christians, great missionaries, great church, those who started church movements and so forth. But to go back even further into our roots and realize and to make a connection with people of the New Testament times and of the Old Testament times, it really is inspiring. When I take this trip, when I take this trip, I... I've begun to think of it not as a vacation or even as an educational experience. I've begun to think of it like being a conference, a teaching opportunity. When I say a conference in my life, having special time set apart to God, 
conferences we do that are Faith Walkers Conference at Christmas time. Sometimes we've had something at summertime or spring break. And they're dedicated periods of time to be alone, to, to, to get away from the world, to get away from the distractions, and to be so focused on the Lord and what we're learning that it really reprograms us, shall we say. It really refocuses us. us. It, it redirects us and awakens within us attentiveness to God, alertness to God, and a listening to God that it's hard to have otherwise. I came home, you know, my son picked me up at the airport, and he wanted to talk about, you know, the big chemical spill up in East Palestine. Well, I hardly even knew about it. I had heard about it because I saw something about Palestine. I wondered if there was something going on in Israel. Well, it was a different Palestine. It was over here in, in, uh, in Ohio, a city in Ohio. And then someone was asking me, what do I think about the, the uh, revival out breaking out down in Ash, Asbury Seminary, Asbury, you know, in, in Kentucky? And again, I said, I, I've been so busy, I just haven't been able to keep up with these things and know what's going on or having, I've heard something about it, but didn't have time to really think or look into it because we're busy. When we go to Israel, we don't, it's not, ours is not a typical tour. I'm sure there's others that, that are as busy as ours, but I've asked our tour guide and our bus driver, they said, no, you guys are pretty aggressive in what you try and do, how much you try and pack in, uh, how many places you want to go to, the teaching you want to do. They said, you guys, as a matter of fact, I was talking to our guide about the possibility of, you know, just coming back. And my, our guide's become a friend of mine over the last few years, coming back, spending a, f- a couple months in Israel and being able to explore places that we don't have time to go through on our tour. And he said, well, you hit most of the spots. There are other spots you can look at in Israel, but you hit, you really get most of the spots. And uh, some friends of ours who were with us this time, who had gone on another tour 16 years ago, were telling me so many places that we've included on our tour that they did not include years ago. All of which is saying, we have a great time. We do a lot of teaching. I do a lot of teaching in my teaching. Our guide, he focuses on the geography and the history, putting together the biblical stories, understanding uh, Israel. And, and Israel, the geography is very important in our understanding of the Scripture and what Jesus did in his life. He focuses a lot on that. My my partner here in, in, in the States, uh, Matt Sherman, He's he's a sharp guy. He shares a lot of history as well, a lot of uh, connecting the dots between the Old and New Testament, the various locations we go to. Matt runs our logistics. He he he's got the this this uh, tour organized incredibly well, and he's got quite a quirky sense of humor that gets most of us laughing during the time. And then of course my teaching, my focus is on the devotional side, the application understanding the messages of Jesus, uh, Elijah, John the Baptist, and so on, the things that God wants us to apply into our life and really take home with us and live for. Our trip to Israel is a intense time. It's a wonderful time. It's an enjoyable time. It's an inspiring time. It's a time of fun and fellowship, worship, unity, but it's a life-changing time. It's a life-changing time. And so I myself have been freshly come, come back. I'm fired up. I am really fired up. I, I am uh, <clears throat> personally looking forward to these coming weeks. 
I've got another conference next week that I'll be at down in Miami, but um, I'm looking forward to what we're going to talk about here in these Daily Words and Prayer. I think we're going to have some great messages coming up, and uh, in my own life, I'm pretty pretty fired up right now. So thank you for your prayers. Thank you for being with me and, and um, uh, viewing in as we share some messages from Israel, and we'll be back here in the studio doing our live stream every morning live at 8.30 a.m. I hope you will join us, especially if you were with us on the trip or if you've come to just uh, join with us lately. We've had some new, new people subscribing lately. Let me tell you, the key to growth, be inspired. Something like a trip to Israel, a conference, a special event can inspire you. But after you're inspired, you got to carry through. You make the commitment. You do it day by day, bit by bit, step by step. You get in the Word, you get in prayer, you make changes. This is my message the last day from Mount Carmel, where Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal. And afterwards, then he went and slayed the idol, slayed the, the idol worshipers. And sometimes we have the great experience of victories without then going and slaying the idols that have held us back, and they creep back in and get hold of us. So make some commitments. Join us regularly. Let's spend a moment in prayer. Father in heaven, oh, we bless you today. We thank you that our, our faith is based on real, solid, historical evidence. Jesus really lived. Elijah, John the Baptist, really lived. The Dead Sea Scrolls were really found. Uh, the, Jerusalem, Galilee, the Mount of Beatitudes, the, 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 the Caesarea Philippi, all of these places really exist. And Jesus, you went to these spots and you taught and you were intentional. And we thank you so much for the truthfulness of our religion, of our faith in you. It's not just a story. It's a true account of how you walk this earth. We bless you today. We love you and we worship you. Lord, we just say that we're inspired by you. You fill us with your spirit. You encourage us. I pray that you would help us be people who carry through on our inspiration, on our motivations, so that our lives truly become all that you want us to be. We love you, Lord, and bless you. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for joining me today. We, like I said, we come here every day, 8.30 a.m. live. I hope you join us regularly and be part of our community. If you are here live, always join the chat. Leave, introduce yourself, share a prayer request, share where you're from. I always go back and read them and they encourage me. If you watch later in the day, leave a comment in the, in the comments below. Introduce yourself if you're new and uh, tell your friends. If you're new, subscribe to the channel. Be part of our community. As I said, carry through step by step. This is the key. Bit by bit, we grow over a year, just like a tree. Scripture says that if, if we meditate on the word of the Lord, we'll be like a tree planted by streams of water. But trees don't grow all at once. Big, strong trees take time. You want to be a mighty man or woman of God? It takes time to let your roots go deep. Consistently growing, getting in the word every day. That's what will make a difference. So I hope you'll join us. And uh, I'd love to see you regularly. Those of you here every day, I love you. God bless you. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.